Let me say over these past several weeks, I think it's been about nine weeks, eight or nine weeks of, of, uh, of outdoor services. Thank you, you that, you do, you that drove in. Thank you that helped do hot dogs one weekend. Thank you for help with donuts one weekend. Thanks to Russell and Tracy Brewster. I didn't expect to see them this morning, but it's good to have them. Uh, but thanks to them for doing sound outdoors every week. And uh, it, it's, it just took a great team of people to make that all happen. This morning, I want to preach to you, um, and, and, and I relate this to the time that we're living in, not as a, of course on the world scene, on the global scene, but not only on the global scene, but, but especially in the United States of America. And even right here in, in Mercer County, or maybe you're from Tazewell County, or Bland County, or Wythe County, or Giles County, but bring it right down to where we're living at. I want to preach to you uh, this message I've called from, from the desert brush to palm trees. Now, I have, uh, I have visited the desert, um, mainly when we were in Israel a number of years ago. We went through, you know, of course, most of that is desert. And, and in parts of Africa, I experienced some desert regions as well. Uh, I've never actually been in the deserts of, uh, of the United States other than to fly across or fly into an airport. But I, I, I'm not real smart, but I do know enough to know deserts are very barren. They can be very beautiful in some ways, the colors and what have you. But a desert is a barren place. And, and many times in life, and, and, and probably it seems like 2020, you know, we, we, you know, we've went from pandemic to, what was it, killer hornets or something like that, you know, then, you know, then I saw, I saw something else that said that there was like poison panda bears, uh, you know, and we, then we went into, you know, we went into the riots and, and all that have been occurring in the last several days. It seems like 2020 has been a year where we have, where it's just went from one thing to another. It's, it's going to be a, his, 2020 is going to go down as a historical year. It's a year that will be talked about in many, many ways in as, you know, as the Lord tarries in, in whatever happens with future generations. 2020 is going to be well remembered. And in 2020, there's a lot of things happen, but there, there may be some things that has ha- that have happened to you personally. Uh, our, our, our precious friend Connie Black's back there and, and some of her family, and we know they lost such a precious loved one. And, and others of you in here may be lost loved ones. And some of you watching may have lost loved ones. Some of you may have got that medical diagnosis that, that nobody wants to hear. You may have heard the C word. You may have, you may have something else occurred in your life. But we all have those season of desert places in our life. And what I want us to do is to go to, to Exodus chapter 15. And as we go to Exodus chapter 15, I want to read to you the scripture and in this scripture, let me give you just a little bit of background. Uh, Israel has been in bondage some 400 years. They've been, they have been in bondage to Egypt some 400 years. Now, we all know, probably all of us, I, sometimes I assume too much, I guess, but we probably, uh, most of us in this room or most of us watching has heard this, we've heard the story of Moses and, and we've heard how that, 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 
that, that, that Moses went to the Pharaoh of Egypt and, and he said, let my people go time and time and time again. Let my people go. And things continued to get worse till Pharaoh released the nation of Israel out of bondage, out of slavery. And we heard the story how that, that Israel, Israel goes and, and Egypt is in hot pursuit. But let me tell you something. We're not talking about a few dozen people. We're, we're not talking, we're not talking even about a few hundred people. We're, we're talking about a mass population of people. And then the Egyptians are pursuing them. They get to the Red Sea and they, their back is against the water. Not the wall, but the water. And they don't know what to do. And God parts the Red Sea and, uh, and allows the whole nation of Israel to pass over to the other side. And then in the aftermath, we, we've heard the story that uh, you've read it and you've heard it preached. You've heard it taught. Maybe you colored it in a coloring book. How that all the Egyptian army was drowned in the sea as it came back. The walls came back together and it consumed them in the walls of water. So that's where we pick up at. So we read, Then Moses led Israel from the Red Sea, and they went into the desert of Shur. For three days they traveled in the desert without finding water. Somebody say three days. Three days. Now, three days, three days is significant in Scripture, by the way. But three days. Now, three days... If you're waiting on vacation to come around, three days can seem like an eternity, right? But once vacation starts, three days doesn't take too long to pass, does it? Three days. Three days they traveled in the desert without finding water. Probably was a long three days because they were in a desert place and they were looking for water. When they came to Marah, They could not drink its water because it was bitter. That is why the place is called Mara. So the people grumbled against Moses. What are we to drink? Then Moses cried out to the Lord. I want you to notice there, Moses did not try to fix it within himself. This is not my message, but I got a word for you right now. You know, a lot of the problems in the world that's going on right now, whether it's pandemic, whether it's rioting, whether it's problems in our within our family, problems within our homes, whatever it could be. You know what? What complicates our already difficult circumstances and situations is when we try to fix it ourselves. They brought, they begin to rail against Moses, but Moses didn't try to fix it himself. Moses cried out to the Lord. If people would cry out to the Lord more often, we might find things were a little bit different. Moses cried out to the Lord and the Lord showed him a piece of wood. Wow. Piece of wood. What's that over there, Moses? Looks like a piece of wood to me. You got it, buddy. Scored. It's a piece of wood. But it was a certain piece of wood. And that certain piece of wood, listen to what happened. And, and, and the Lord showed him a piece of wood. He threw it into the water. The water became fit to drink. There the Lord issued a ruling and an instruction for them and put them to the test. I want you to really pay close attention to that last sentence. 
There the Lord issued a ruling and instruction for them and put them to the test. Father, I thank you for the power of your word. We thank you for the worship that has come forth this morning. God, we just believe that you are ministering, you are working, and you're touching, and you're meeting needs in this place today through the powerful name of Jesus. And we pray, amen. So, we, we're, we're this 400 years of captivity's ended. Uh, the, the, this stop on Israel's journey, uh, the, their first stop was at the Red Sea and, and Mount Sinai, where God visited them and he gave them the law. God's parted the Red Sea. He's destroyed the Egyptian army that was in pursuit. They sang the song of Miriam, the song of deliverance. Now they're headed to the promised land. But now in their journey to the promised land, they're finding much desert. After three days, they find the place that is a place of bitterness. A desert place and a place of bitterness. Unthankful, unthankful complaining begin to replace the jubilant praise and worship. The song of Marian of the Israelites. You see, so we, we have to be careful. Because when we enter desert places... What happens in desert places is we can find bitterness. Are you with me? We can find bitterness in desert places. It's not hard for me to become bitter when, when my when my experience is in a dry place. It's not hard for me to become bitter when I find myself in a place of barrenness. It's not hard for me to become bitter when everything's going wrong in my life. It's not hard for me to become bitter when I see things that are happening on the news and I see things on the media. I, I, let, let me stop right here. Let me let me say this. This again, it's not my message. I'm, I'm going down a rabbit trail right now. And as I go down this rabbit trail, let, let me just tell you this. I'm, I'm a firm believer, and those of you that know me and know me know me well enough know that I follow social media extensively. But I'm a firm believer. If we, as a as a society of people, I believe if we could go 90 days without watching the news and out without following social media, I think a lot of the problems and difficulties that we are experiencing as society, I think that a lot of that would diminish and go away. Because I think we're being brainwashed, quite frankly. I think we're, I think we're being fed uh, propaganda and I think we're believing it and we're following it. And if we're not careful, we find ourselves in a desert place and we find ourselves in a circumstance of becoming bitter. But the important thing I've already pointed out to you is in verse 25. Someone. Now, there was complainers. There was complainers. They, 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 they were beginning, then they brought accusation against whom they looked to as their leader, Moses. But, but amidst the complainers, thank God somebody cried out. Do you realize right now that the world, the world and the United States of America needs somebody to clock, to cry out? The world in the United States of America needs somebody to start crying out. And, and if you wouldn't, Moses was a, was an intercessor. Moses was a type of, he wasn't the Christ, but he was a type of Christ. And Moses begins to intercede for the people. He begins to cry out. Do you know that you and I as spirit-filled believers, if you're in this room, if you're watching and you're a spirit-filled believer, the scripture instructs us that when we don't even know 
know what to pray for, that the Holy Spirit will come upon us and bring forth groanings and utterances that we don't even know, that we the things that we don't know what or how to pray for, the things, the problems that we find no resolve for, we find no answers for. If we will just pray and seek God, even when we don't know what to pray for, allow the Holy Spirit to begin to make groanings and utterances. Let them come forth out of our lives. Let them come forth out of our bellies. Moses was an intercessor. Moses cried and Moses heard from the Lord. If you and I will be persistent to intercede, if you and I will be persistent to cry out, we can save a nation and we can save a world and we can save our community and we can save our family, not literally by their salvation, but we can spare much of the grief that the world is experiencing today if we will intercede in prayer. So Moses heard from God. As he heard from God, God showed him a, a, basically a dry bush. You see, because it was a desert place, it, it was it, it was a desert place, and and probably scrub scrub bushes were 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 as much as you you saw. It was it it was it was just we don't know exactly. Some people say it was probably it may have been a pomegranate bush. Others said it could have been an olive tree, which is a very dry, barren tree, but. Whatever it was, I promise you, because it was in the desert, it was, it was probably a very dry, very brittle bush. And God says to Moses, he, he says, there's what I'm supplying you with. That is your answer. Now, if I was Moses, I, I mean, I, if I was Moses, listen, God and Moses and bushes had something going on, you know. God spoke to Moses out of a bush that was on fire that wouldn't even burn. So God, God and Moses and bushes, they had some, there was something going on there. But listen to me, I, I want you to realize what I'm saying to you is this. The provision that God made for Moses in that moment didn't look like a whole lot. It didn't look like much. It, 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 it didn't appear to be, you know, you know, if, if it had been me, if I would have been Moses, I don't want fire like coming down from heaven, you know, I don't want an angel to come down and touch the waters. I would have, I would have wanted something to happen. I would, I would have wanted an artesian well to begin to bubble up right there in the midst of the death. You know, because the God I serve is miraculous. The God I serve is wonderful. So I'm looking for that, that great demonstrative, uh, uh, occurrence of God to come because I've just prayed on behalf of all these millions of people. God, I want you to fix this water. And God says, see that stick over there? That's your answer. That's your answer right there. Pick it up and throw it in the water. And Moses, in, in obedience, Moses does that. And the waters that are bitter, they become sweet. And you see, and that stick represent, represents, if you would, the grace, the grace and the mercies and the anointing of God are represented in that barren stick that's cast into the bitterness of the situation. You see, what the world needs now is, you know, remember that old song? What the world needs now is love, sweet love. Some of y'all, some of y'all listen to that stuff, used to listen to that stuff, I tell you. Yeah. Hey. Some of y'all listened to Brick House too, cause I know I saw you. I saw some of y'all at that wedding the other week. I saw some of y'all. Yeah, that's okay. 
Love, sweet love. What the world needs now is love, sweet love. That old song used to say. But, but what we need is the love of Jesus and the love of God working in us. And, and, and even though it may seem bizarre, even though it may seem weird how it comes or how, how it's provided or who, who God works through or how He works it, when we, when we, when we find ourselves in that deserted place of bitterness, if we will allow the anointing of the Holy Spirit to come in and work in our lives and we will walk in obedience. We will seek God. We will walk in obedience and we will cast that stick, if you would, into the water. The bitterness of the situation begins to become sweet. In fact, it doesn't begin to become sweet. It completely becomes sweet. I want to, I want you to touch on you the four directives of, he, directives of healing that occurred with Israel right here. The first thing we must do, we must, we must realize if we're going to be healed, if we're going to get out of the desert place, if we're going to overcome the waters of bitterness, one thing that, one, four things, and this is not a concise list, this is not a complete list, but this, this is four directives I think that will help us. But if we will learn to listen to the voice of God, not just listen to the voice of God, but I probably could have worded that better and say, listen for the voice of God. You know, you know, we, we, we Pentecostal, Baptist, Methodist, whatever we call ourselves, how many times do we find ourselves, especially of those that have been around a long time, you know, those of you that, that have been singing that song, I'm in the way, the bright and shining way. I'm in the glory land way. We've been away a long time. <laughs> you know, somebody... My, my friend, Pastor Eric Pennington, he said, he said, I know why they call these pews. He said, some of them been sitting on them so long, they're pew, you know. Nothing wrong with being in the way, okay? In the way, because if you understand the way in biblical principle, that's okay. But, and it's good, and it's well, and it's proper in order. But here's the thing about it. Here, we, we, how many times have you and I, you and I, me too, how many times have you and I, how we say, oh God, oh God, I need you to speak. Lord, I need you to speak to Claudette. Lord Jesus, Jesus, I need you to speak. I need you to speak to Mike. Lord Jesus, I, I need you to speak to Rick. Lord, I need you to speak to my son. I need you to speak to my daughter. Lord, I need you to speak to so and so. And we ask the Lord to speak. Let me tell you something. In the New Testament church, I find that in the New Testament church, the Lord is speaking. And He's speaking loud and clear. And He's speaking through the power of His written Word. And He's speaking through the power of the Holy Spirit. And we need to quit praying so much as saying, Lord, will you speak? Because He's already speaking. And we need to be praying, Lord, let Claudette have an ear to hear. Lord, let Mike have an ear to hear. Lord, let Rick have an ear to hear. Lord, let my son have an ear to hear. Lord, let my daughter have an ear to hear. Lord, let us have an ear to hear what you are saying. So we become more than a hearer and we become a doer. Because it's not just enough. You know, God says, hey Moses, see that stick over there? Yeah, I see that. I see that. He said, that's your answer right there. Moses is saying, wow, a stick. (laughs) 
Yeah, Moses, that, that, that's, your, that's your answer. Well, what am I supposed to do with that? Of course, God would say, throw it in the water. What else would you do with the stick? Hoping there's no black labs or any other retrievers around, so we'll go out there and grab it, you know. Just throw, just throw it in the water. Okay. Okay, God. I've got, I've got millions of people here pressing in. They're wanting to kill me. They're mad at me. They're angry. They'd rather have been slaves. They'd rather have been a steal back in Egypt over the flesh pots. And you're telling me to pick up a dry, dead stick in the desert and to throw it in the water and everything's going to be okay. Sure. Sure. But Moses being the experienced man he was. Moses picked up because he he had he 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 had such a trust, he had such a faith in God. He picks up that stick and he does as his instructions were and he throws that stick into the water and in the midst of the desert, three days without water. And let me tell you, if I, I'm not I'm not by any means am I I'm a doctor, am I a, 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 a nutritional specialist or anything like that, but by any means am I any of those things. But I do know this you can't go to many days without water. You're going to die. And he throws that stick into the to the bitter water. The water's become sweet. And it's not so important that the water becomes sweet. But what is important is it saved a generation of people from dying. And it was keeping of the covenant of God that he had made with them. So, we become doers. Then we give attention to and put our confidence in God's word. Now Moses didn't have, of course he had, he had the Ten Commandments on stone, you know, he, he's the one that, you know, took care of, took care of chiseling all that out. He, he, you know, and, and he didn't have a Dremel tool or nothing, you know, he had a, he had a, I don't know, he probably used another rock and a, and a stone hammer and, or just another rock and he chiseled all of that out. And so, so Moses understood that. But, but as far as the written word of the scripture, like we have it, Moses didn't have it. I mean, he was living it out. But you and I, we are a generation of people and a generation that began shortly after Christ ascended back into heaven. A generation that began with the, the day of Pentecost that we, so we, we celebrated the anniversary of last Sunday. Day and the church was born. And we as the church, we have one of the most valuable gifts that any generation of humanity has ever had. And it's called the Word of God. You can have it, you can find it in English, you can find it in Spanish, you can find it in Portuguese, you can find it in all kinds of different languages. They're all out there. But listen to me, the important thing is we have to begin and return to if you have all, if you lost faith, we have to realize and believe that this is the all-important, inerrant, unadulterated Word of God. It is correct. It is right. We stand on it. We live by it. And we hold it up. And if we believe anything less, I quite frankly believe that we've missed God. 
So we give attention to this word and we put our confidence in this word and we, we, we consume it upon ourselves. It is, it is our, it is our, if you would, it is our stick that we can pitch into the bitter water. It, it is, it is, it is the water that's going to come forth and be made sweet and it's our water that's going to sustain us and keep us alive. The word of God is our lifeline. And then more important, or just as important, I shouldn't say more important, just as important as consuming the Word is spiritual understanding of the Word. One of the, one of the most influential people in my life was a fellow named Harry. Harry was a very intelligent man. He was very influential to me. If I had a, if I had a wall of fame and it had, let's say, ten pictures on it of, of the most influential people in my life, Harry would definitely would be on that wall. Harry, Harry read the Bible all the time. But as intelligent as he was, Harry had little understanding of Scripture. It wasn't because he was ignorant or unlearned. It was because he was spiritually dead to the Word of God. You see, the Word of God, the Word of God comes alive in our lives through a relationship with Jesus Christ. The Word of God is going to come alive in your life and my life through a relationship with Jesus Christ. And as that Word of God comes alive in our life, we will not only, uh, we will not only Read it and, and consume it and listen. Study to show yourself approved unto God. I know that. And rightly dividing the word of, word of truth. And, and, and that scripture is correct and it's right and in order because it is scripture. But God gives us his word for a reason. And that reason is that we may live a life that's pleasing to him and keep us out of the desert place. So, in those directives... I want you to find that by keeping those directives, there are some promises. You see, if we go back, let me, let me flip back here. Verse 25, remember that last sentence? There the Lord issued a ruling and instruction for them and put them to the test. Verse 26. He said, He is the Lord. He said, if you listen carefully to the Lord your God and do what is right in His eyes, if you pay attention to His commands and keep all of His decrees, I will not bring on you any of the diseases I brought on the Egyptians. For I am the Lord that heals you. You see, God's calling, God's calling His people, Israel. Israel, Moses was a type of Jesus, Israel's a type of the church. And God is calling us to obedience. He's calling us to hear. He's calling us to obey. He's calling us, He's calling us to, to, to be grafted into the Word of God. He's calling, calling us into all of those things. And by calling us into all of those things, we find through the promise of obedience, we find that the Lord is going to bless us and He is going to bless us in spite of the circumstances that are happening around us. Let me tell you something. I am blessed. I am highly favored. Are you saying you don't have any problems? No, I'm not saying that at all. But I am saying I'm blessed. I'm highly favored. Most days I'm not bad looking. 
But every day I am blessed and I'm highly favored because as I try and I endeavor. Am I perfect? No. Do I walk every step? Is my foot get put every step of Jesus? Is my foot right in His footprint? No. I wish I could tell you that it is because sometimes I get distracted. Sometimes I get watching too much news. Sometimes I get listening to too much propaganda. Sometimes I get overwhelmed in circumstances of life and I'll find myself not paying any attention to where I'm going and I'll become a little bit out of step with Jesus. But let me tell you what. I thank God that I can always step right back over into the path. And when I step back over into the path and I begin to walk in obedience and I begin to indulge myself in the Word of God, I find that there is renewing and there is times of refreshing. I throw, I throw the stick in the water, and when I throw the stick in the water, the water that was bitter becomes sweet, and the desert place is no longer relevant because I've got sweet water to drink. But then there's the promise of moving on to the next place in God. Verse 27. Verse 27 Then they came to Elam, where there were twelve springs and seventy palm trees. And they camped there near the water. Let me tell you something. Twelve springs is significant. Because twelve springs, there's twelve tribes of Israel. Twelve spring, twelve, twelve is, twelve is the, is the, is the completeness. Twelve is the holiness of, of, of God. So, so when, when we begin to position ourselves and, and, and we begin to hear the voice and we begin to follow the word and we begin to indulge ourselves in the world and we begin to press into what God has for us, then He's going to take us into that place. Let me tell you, there they came to Elam, there were twelve springs, seventy palm trees, and they camped there near the water. You know, not all palm trees have coconuts, but I believe that these did. That's just my belief. No scriptural evidence. Let me tell you something. Coconuts make coconut cakes. Coconuts make coconut cream pies. Coconut juice is really sweet to drink. So it's just my personal opinion. I have no founded evidence on in scripture. I believe they were, I believe these were the palm trees, the kind that bared coconuts. So you got 70 palm trees bearing 70 coconuts on 70 branches on 70 limbs. How many coconuts? No, they don't know. But what I want you to see this what is represented in Elam is every provision that Israel needed in the hour. Do you realize that right now, regardless of what's going on in the world, regardless of what's going on in America, regardless of what's going on in your family right now, God is making every provision in your family. If we will bring our, if we will, if we will be 
if we will intercede, if we will be the ones that cry out, if we will be the ones that will believe God enough to pick up a dead stick, a dry bush, and throw it into waters that are bitter, they're maybe poisoned. The waters are poisoned. You're in a desert place. You've been three days without water. You're really, quite frankly, you're ready to die. And God says, pick it up and go ahead and throw it, throw that stick in. Instead of questioning God, instead of wondering, well, God, why can't you do, why can't you bring the artesian wells out? Why can't you do all of this? Why can't, why can't you bring these, these, these clouds over us and, and open up the rain? And, and you see, in God, in later days, God begins to bring manna. He begins to bring quail. God begins to do many wonderful and mighty things. But right now, God is saying, I'm going to put you in 70 palm trees and where there is a nice spring. 12 springs, actually. So if we will trust God in the moment that we're in, in the circumstances that we're in, He will bless us. He will, he will, he will take us from, 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 from the desert brush. He'll take us from the tumbling tumbleweeds into the oasis of palm trees. You know, Sarah and I, we've got to where, you know, we, in the last few years, we've got to where we go on these, uh, these cruises, cheap vacation, great food, lots of coconut pie and stuff like that. But the last several cruises that we've taken, we've, we've taken them out of Florida. And I, I, quite frankly, I had never been to Florida before in my life until we went on cruise a few years ago. But it certainly is pleasant to leave here in the winter time when everything's dry and dead, and the cold, snows are blowing, and to get on an aeroplane and ride that aeroplane. Cause see, a lot of people say, "Well, I just fly to Florida. I don't fly to Florida because my arms would get tired." I get on an airplane. Let them. And you fly to Florida, and man, you get it. First thing you see is all this green grass and blue water and palm trees. And you think, oh, this is paradise. And I realize it's really not paradise. But it certainly is refreshing. And I say that to say this to you. is Understand this. Your relationship with God is going to bring you to a refreshing. It's going to bring you to a newness. It's going to bring you to a place in Him. Now, those of you that know, you, you realize that the Israelites, they, they had more issues. But most of the problems that, that Israelite, the Israelites had, most of the problem Israel had, in fact, all of the problem Israel had, you know what the problem was? They, they had a problem with me on self. Their problem was their self. Somebody said, somebody said they brought the Israelites out of Egypt, but they didn't get the Egypt out of the Israelites. And all of the cares, the trouble, all of the strongholds of this world, God's wanting to bring us out. And He saved us. He saved us. And He's redeemed us by His precious blood. And I'm on my way to heaven, but I'm still passing through this world. And I have to be very careful and I have to be guarded. I have to to watch that I don't let the things of this world consume me and steal my joy, steal my peace, steal my happiness and rob me out of all of the palm trees and the 12 wells that God, uh, springs that God has given me because He has good things for me ahead and He has good things for you. 
But for right now, for right now, we need to get a hold of God. We need to pray. We need to talk to God. We need to intercede. And if He says, see that stick over there? Pick up, technically, cardboard's made out of wood, so this is a stick. See that stick over there? Pick up that stick and throw it in the, throw it in the water. And now I want you to obey me. Now I want you to follow my word. Now I want you to be sensitive to my spirit. Now I'm calling you into a different place than you are now. It's what God's calling us to today. Quite frankly, I've been stressed. Some of you, maybe not. I've been stressed the last few months with all this stuff. I've been stressed. I, 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 I've, I've, I've been, I've had times this past week has been a worrisome week for me. My son's a police officer, okay? And, and, and I've been stressed. But the reality of it is, I have to admit, God, I can't control this situation, but you can. And I begin to seek Him and allow Him to give the direction. I want you to bow your heads with me right now. I have so missed this part of worship. Now, typically, and I always have everybody come up front, but I, because of social distancing, I'm not going to do that this morning. But what I do want to ask you, if you're here in this room this morning, the first and most important need in this room, or if you're watching by social media this morning, is the need of salvation in your life. If you're here this morning and you have never accepted Jesus as your Savior, you've never acknowledged and received Him as the cost. He paid the cost for your sin. You need to be saved. You can't expect to be under God's blessing. If you're not walking in His salvation. So if you're here this morning. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to call you out. I'm not going to make you come down here. Or anything like that. But if you're in this room. And you need to be saved. Or if you're at home. I can't see you of course. But if you're at home right now. Would you just slip up your hand in this room. Or at home. And say I need to give my heart to the Lord. Is there anybody in this room. Or maybe you need to rededicate your life. Maybe you once had given your life to the Lord, but you've grown cold and you've grown indifferent towards God. Is that you? Anybody in this room? Real quickly. Okay, here's what I want to ask you then. I want you to look at me right now. How many in this room would say, this past few months, Pastor, has been a desert, dry, wilderness place for me? How many could say that? Okay, one person. I'll join you, Suzanne. Two persons, three persons, four persons, five persons. These past few months, it's been, it's, 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 you know, it's really not been, we, we really, really don't know persecution, but it has been difficult. It has been different. It's caused stress levels to go out the roof with people. There's, suicides have dramatically increased. Drug abuse, alcoholism has dramatically increased. Let me tell you something. And those are not the answers to the problems that's going on in the world right now. But Jesus is. So right now, right where you're at, we usually come down front and pray. But right where you're at, I'm going to ask you to stand. 
and we're going to pray. And if you're a family member and you want to make contact, that's fine. But I'm just going to ask you that you stretch your hands to the to the people on either side of you. And we're just going to pray right now that God would just minister in the midst of us, His people, right now. We're going to be Moseses. We're going to, we're going to intercede and if it takes picking up a bare log, a dry log and throwing it in the water, we're going to do it. So right now, Father, as we become, as we come before you, God, we begin to pray. God, this world is in, it is in turmoil right now. Lord, there, there, there is, there is conflict on every hand, Lord. Lord, there is fear that is running rampant, Lord, throughout the world. Lord, there's crisis, Lord, that's coming to and fro, Lord God. We live, Lord, we're not telling you anything you don't know, Lord God, because you know and you see everything and you knew this day, this time would come, Lord. But this morning, Lord God, we're crying out to you out of our desperation. Out of our frustrations. We're crying out to you out of, out of our anxiety. We're crying out to you, Lord, out of our unbelief, Lord God. We're crying out to you, Lord. And we're asking you to intercede. Lord, we're in a desert place and the waters are bitter. God, we want you today, Lord. We want you, Lord Jesus, to make a way, Lord. Make a way. Sweeten the bitter waters. Lord, let the church arise. May we as the church arise, Lord, in, in this occasion, Lord, that is, that is, that is probably more bizarre than, than most of us have ever experienced before in our life. And may the church arise to her fullness, Lord, displaying you, Lord, displaying and distributing the fullness of the Holy Ghost in this world that we live in. God, may the church, may we stand in the gap, Lord. May we bridge, may we span the, the, Lord, Lord, may we span the ravine, Lord, that, that divides us right now, Lord. May the church be used in this hour. May she shine forth in her glory like she has never shined forth before. And God, I pray for every person in this room. God, I just pray that today, Lord, that you will minister, Lord, no matter what the need is. Lord, if it's, if it's anxiety, if it's mental anguish. Lord, if there's sickness in this room right now, if there's cancer in this room, diabetes, Lord, we know some suffering lung disorders, God. Lord, there's, uh, whatever, whatever the disease may be, whatever, whatever the affliction may be, right now in the name of Jesus, we believe that there is still healing. Lord, if you can heal bitter waters, Lord, you can heal a sick body. Lord Jesus, we believe that today, Lord, that you're bringing healing into spirits. Lord, you're healing the, the hearts that are grieved. You're healing the spirits that are broken. You are ministering in a special way in this service this morning. You're touching lives. You're not touching the ones in this room. But God, you're touching the lives of those that are watching, that will watch or will listen, Lord, to this service this morning. God, because you are a way maker. You are a miracle worker. You are a promise keeper. God, you are ministering. You are blessing. You are touching and you are meeting needs in this place right now because that is who you are. That is who you are. That is who you are. That is who you are, God. You are. Waymaker. Promise keeper.